you know, brought you to success and hopefully bring some others. So those of you guys that are in here that are still getting value scholar, I'm going to pass, pass the ball to Brad. Catch you later. Yeah, brother. yeah man. Um, all right. So if you guys are still getting some value here, it's 1230. You guys have been hanging out with us for a few hours. We've got two more speakers left. You don't want to miss these guys. Okay. Like you might be thinking, Oh, well, I learned a little bit now I can fade out. No, I saved the best for last. Of course, everyone would know that. Uh, so we have Brad Ellison coming in and we've got Alex coming in. Now, if you're still getting something out of this, please shoot some emojis. No, let us know that you're alive. Let us know that you didn't just set up the, 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 the iPad, set up the phone and just, you know, uh, just leave us on autopilot. I get asked, is this going to be recorded? Yeah. In a few weeks, you'll see it. Now's the time you can ask questions. You can collaborate. I mean, here's the opportunity that you've been waiting for. If you have like this question, that's like burning inside, like, Here's your opportunity. Um, so a little bit about Brad. Uh, I met Brad like five years ago on Reddit. Uh, weirdly enough, we had a phone conversation uh, and uh, I'm bringing him in here now so you guys can see him. Um, had, a, had a phone conversation uh, five years ago when I started a program called Painting Startup. And he was telling me uh, about his painting business in Michigan and just sharing insight. And then we just became really good friends. Uh, he is the new owner uh, of Ellison Painting. Uh, he'll tell you a little bit about his story, but what I love most about this guy is that he just like rocket ship. So rocket emojis on this guy. Cause he started from like, I think he's not even a year in business and he's one of the top painting companies in Michigan by far cumulatively between branding, uh, presentation, professionalism, subs love working with him. He's managing projects. He's hiring salespeople. Uh, I don't know. He's phenomenal and he's going to take it away here. I'm going to sit here and relax because uh, uh, he's just going to do his thing, bro. So thank you, brother. Uh, you take it away, man. Take it away. All right. Uh, you know how bad I am at technology. So let's see what happens if I share screen and see if I can open up my presentation here. Dude, you put a lot of pressure on me to uh, actually provide a real presentation. I felt like I was back in college, which uh, was a number of years ago. So uh, can you see that? All right. Good. All right. So uh, first off, uh, Tanner, thanks for having me. I know I've said it before and uh, it can't be said enough. I, the value you've brought to me personally and to the, uh, the value you bring into our industry at large is just off the chart. So I'm honored to be here and I hope that I'll be able to contribute in at least some small way. So a little bit about me. Um, first off, I am married to my wife, Rachel. We've been married for six and a half years. Uh, yes, I married up. And yes, I know she's way better looking than me, so you don't have to say it. <laughs> and no, I was not rich when we met. Uh, we have two kids. Uh, on the left is my daughter, Lennox, who's now five and a half. My son is Simon. He's two and a half. And we have two dogs, Calvin Johnson, I've had for eight years. And we just got a new puppy about two months ago. We named her Sherwin. And so far, that has not resulted in us getting any discount on our paint prices, unfortunately. Um, I like to do hard things. Here's a picture of me and Jason Paris from last year after an outside run in negative 12 degree Minnesota winter morning. Uh, here's another photo of me having to work really hard to lift very light weights during a local CrossFit competition. So any of you that have heard me on any podcast probably already know that I am not a painter. I've literally never painted professionally a day in my life. I do have almost two decades of experience in sales and business development, and I have a bachelor's degree in sales management. So I've done a lot of things in my career, a lot of different things. 
um, including a stint where I was touring the country singing on and off for about six years. So I bounced around a bit uh, professionally until about six years ago when I found myself somehow partnering with a local painting company. So for five years, I worked with that other local painting contractor. I started as a sales guy and quickly moved to actually managing that business. So the, the intent from my first interview with that company was to buy it out. Um, and so for a few years, I actually operated as 50-50 partners with the founder. I own no equity in the business, uh, but I operated as the CEO in anticipation of buying the business eventually. Well, the purchase ended up being delayed um, three years later than we had hoped and planned. And that was at the request of the founder. So after that decision was made to delay the purchase, um, very shortly after that, COVID showed up and impacted our business in a pretty negative uh, fashion. Um, and our, right around the same time, our highly profitable siding installation business that my partner managed completely disappeared. Literally almost overnight, about $200,000 a year in profit with it from the, within the business was gone. So when the time was approaching, <clears throat> excuse me, to actually execute the purchase, I no longer felt confident that the purchase agreement was a win-win. We did try to renegotiate the terms of the contract, but the everything fell apart. So we decided to walk away. We started our own company and Ellison Painting was formed in April of 2022. My first sale uh, was made on April 22nd. First job was started May 17th uh, of 2022. And in our, our 2022 sales overall, almost $1.3 million. And uh, so right around eight months, actually, we had, we had a goal of hitting 1 million in revenue in our first 12 months, but we were able to surpass that uh, pretty abundantly. So we're very proud of that. Goal for 2023 is to hit $3 million in total revenue. So anyway, Tanner had asked me to share some of the quote unquote secrets to my success. And I'll be speaking primarily to those people who want to grow and scale their business. Maybe those who have felt stuck and look at my story and wonder how I did it. Uh, but more importantly, maybe how they can do it too. But regardless of where you're at, the vast majority of what I'll share should apply to you and your business. So let's just get to those secrets, I suppose. Secret number one, there are no secrets. So I know that sounds cliche, but none of what I've done has been because of any groundbreaking innovation of either the application of codings or business strategy and implementation. And honestly, most of what um, most of us on this call, we're all fundamentally doing the exact same things in just slightly different ways. We're all trying to generate leads. We're trying to sell jobs. We're trying to paint houses or buildings, and we're trying to get paid. And I know that painters historically were pretty adversarial. They didn't interact much. They didn't mingle, uh, and they definitely didn't want their competitors to know what they were up to. So things have changed, which, and let me be very clear here, this is a very, very good thing for you and I. The current reality is that the market for painting services is bigger than we can collectively cover. So maybe more simply put, there's more than enough work to go around. Me succeeding does not mean that you won't succeed and vice versa. So what it means is that if we aren't viewing each other as competition, we can actually collectively work together to, to elevate the industry. And that's a mission that I've grasped from the, the PCA that I think we all, if we all, we should all grasp uh, communicatively. So uh, the reality is I, I don't want to be the only professionalized painter in Metro Detroit, which I'm not, by the way. I'd argue that Metro Detroit rivals 
any major U.S. city in terms of the quality of, of real professionalized painting contractors. But often I'm still the only professionalized company that delivers an estimate to a customer. Um, other painters give estimates, sure, uh, but they're texted over two weeks after the estimate, or uh, maybe they're a single page carbon copy scribbles with a tantalizingly low price. Well, my ideal scenario is that every estimate that my potential customer receives is from a company like mine. And I'm willing to share my you know, non-secrets with companies in my area so that our customers begin to expect more than Chuck in a truck can ever provide. Secret number two is to actually define what success is for you. So for some people, success looks like being a solo painter. And that could mean full control over your schedule, no headache uh, of, from managing other people. And you can create a very nice, very comfortable lifestyle working by yourself. And some days, honestly, I find myself daydreaming about that life. Uh, for others like myself, success might look like building a $10 million professionalized painting business. But regardless of what success might mean for you, you need to define it. You need to put it down on paper. Whatever is written down is far more likely to be accomplished. So put it down on paper and it's more likely to come to fruition. But keep in mind that success for you and your business can and probably should change from year to year. So for me, our goal year one was $1 million in top line revenue. Year two goal is $3 million. Our 10-year plan right now is $20 million in top line revenue with Ellison painting branches or fractional ownership of other companies in 10 major cities across the country. So we've defined our success and defined what that looks like. And we tr actually track our progress toward those goals during our weekly, quarterly, and even though we're not a year, year old yet, eventually our annual meetings. And as our goals change and we track that progress, we will adjust our definition of success to reflect where we're heading. Number three, similarly, uh, you got to have a plan. So we've all heard the quote, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Wishing for something, something usually leads to no movement at all. So once you define your goals and define your success, you must also have a plan on how to actually achieve that. And I think honestly, this is something that a lot of painters struggle with. They have the, the goal of getting out of the field and working on their business rather than in their business but they have no real plan to get there. Um, maybe they assume that if they keep working hard, if they keep hiring and training people, eventually the magic solution will show up and, and they'll work themselves out of the field. But without an actual plan, it almost never comes to pass and they find themselves falling back into a full-time painting position within their company. So uh, as I mentioned, our goal was $1 million revenue for our first year. So our plan was to have me serve as full-time estimator and salesperson, and my wife would be our full-time project manager. Our plan was to spend $100,000 in marketing and advertising to generate the leads needed to sell that $1 million over our first 12 months. Our plan was to use software and automation tools to reduce the amount of administrative work we need to tackle outside of our sales and project management responsibilities. And our plan was to recruit five to eight subcontractor crews with a, so we'd have a total of 15 to 20 painters to produce the work we sold. And I would say because we had a plan and because we executed it, we ended up spending about $80,000 in marketing to generate that $1.3 million. And we were able to have 10 subcontractor crews taking our work, a total of 30 painters. So with our plan, we outperformed our written goals. Without a plan, our results would have likely fallen way short of our written goals. 
Next up, number four, uh, is to fully commit. So one of the strengths of my marriage and quite frankly, the partnership with my wife is that once we decide to do something, we jump in and we're all in. When we got married, we both had very good, pretty well-paying jobs. I was selling marketing services and I was selling health insurance on the side. Uh, she was working for her dad in the auto industry who, and he's a very successful entrepreneur, very successful businessman. But we had decided together that after we got married, we no longer wanted to work for anyone else. So we wanted to start our own business. We wanted to be in control of our own destiny. So we both quit our jobs and started our first company, which was an independent health insurance agency that still exists to this day, actually. Uh, we came to a similar point this past spring when we decided that buying someone else's company was no longer our best option. Uh, but instead of lingering uh, at that within that relationship, um, instead of looking for jobs in a different industry, we decided to jump all in back into the painting industry and launched a brand new company. So we didn't start it as a side gig or as a weekend thing. We didn't say, well, let's just try this out and see how it goes. We jumped all in <clears throat> even before day one and we came out swinging. So I, I walked away from a partnership that had been pretty rewarding financially. And had you told me 10 years ago that I'd be walking away from $250,000 a year, I would have told you that you were crazy and there was no situation in which that would have made sense. Um, so when I left, I had no choice. I had to be successful. I had to replace that income. My full-time job became running and growing Ellison Painting, and I was committed fully to that vision and plan and believed that we would succeed. So, uh, you know, disclaimer, some people have been able to succeed through a slow transition into the industry or maybe slowly transitioning out of the field and into managing the business. Personally, I think the odds of succeeding increase when you make that bold choice to commit 100% and make it work. Number five, friends are better than ideas. So this is one of my favorite topics and one that I am super passionate about. I think our society and maybe younger generations in particular overvalues creativity and originality. Everyone wants to be one of a kind. They want to be the first to ever fill in the blank. What is undervalued, at least in my opinion, are tried and true, usually successful strategies that can be duplicated. I am not a creative person, and maybe you are not either. Uh, most people won't be the inventor uh, of world or industry-changing technologies or methods. In 1887, a guy named Joseph Vinks invented the first iteration of a paint sprayer. And since then, other people have simply taken that idea and made it better. In Dayton, Ohio, in 1862, a guy named John Baisley invented the folding step ladder, which, um, side topic, might be the only valuable thing to ever come out of Ohio. And other people have simply taken that idea and made it better. And closer to home, in 2012, Jason Paris started Paris Painting. And 10 years later, instead of trying to invent a new company, I chose to take his ideas, copy his company, and try to make it better. The lesson here is that almost nothing is original, but everything can be made better. So my primary influences on the direction and strategies I've chosen for Ellison Painting are not any new ideas that I've come up with, but they're the members of my painting industry inner circle. So while not totally inclusive, it contains people like Jason Paris. Obviously, he's been an open book and a never-ending source of challenge for me. Uh, Nick Slavic, who changed the game for me when he took a flyer and invited me to his winter retreat last year. That week changed the trajectory of my career. Matt Kuyper, who, who flies under the radar, but is secretly the coolest guy in the painting game. 
Matt's wife, Maggie Kuiper, who uh, would be my wife's best friend if we didn't live 12 hours apart. Corey Leister, who runs a very different type of company than mine, but whose core values couldn't be more closely aligned. And the list goes on and on. Brandon Pierpont, Chris Elliott, Chris Mull, Tanner Mullen, Eric Fosnock, Skylar Stewart, Ryan Davis, Shane Vork. So many people form my circle and have shaped my business. So if you look at my business, you'll see pieces of each of these people and their companies. I've not invented a groundbreaking company. My friends have simply freely shared their knowledge and I've pieced it into a new entity. And you can do this too. The, greater, the greatest leaders in the painting industry make themselves available. They share their strategies and processes. They ask for nothing in return. So a final thought on, on friends, join the PCA. You will, if you're not great at making friends, you'll at least get some of the world's greatest training resources for your painters. You'll get business resources, uh, business growth resources for you. And you'll have the opportunity to network with all the superstars I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, when you apply for membership in the PCA, make sure you tell them that it was me that sent you, not Nick Slavic. That guy already has too many Recruiter of the Year awards. Number six, integrity always. This one is easy and should be a non-negotiable for everyone watching today. Tell the truth. Follow through on your promises. Treat people well. Just doing those three things alone would change the trajectory of countless companies. And since everyone is being so honest today, I'll admit that there was a period in my life before I met my wife, before I knew any of you, that my integrity was somewhat, uh, I guess you could say, malleable. I found that it was easier at times to tell a partial truth rather than a whole truth. Um, actually, I found that it was easier at times to tell a whole lie because I could usually get away with it. But ultimately, what I found is that it is incredibly difficult to maintain healthy relationships and grow a healthy career without 100% integrity. So about 10 years ago, I made a personal commitment to never again sacrifice my integrity for anything. After that, I lost relationships. I lost a job. I lost virtually everything that I thought was important at the time. But I can tell you now uh, that it's pretty easy to have a healthy marriage, to have good friendships and a thriving business when the people around you know that you are fundamentally and without fail an honest and reliable person. Here's a tough one that a lot of you guys really need to lean in on. Uh, number seven, don't sell on quality. So it seems like everyone tells their customers that they're the highest quality painter. Every painter is somehow the absolute best painter around. The reality is that most painters are fine. Some painters are even good, but their finished projects might be totally indistinguishable from their competitors. So Ellison Painting, I would say we have great painters. We have good painters, but you will never hear me trying to sell our services based on the quality of our painters. What you will hear me sell on uh, is how much easier and more enjoyable the project will be getting to that finished project if you hire us over our competitors. So big news, everyone. I am not Zach Kenny. And unless you're actually Zach Kenny and still listening in, you're not him either. Now, if you didn't know who Zach was before today, you should consider yourself lucky because once you start seeing the type of work this guy's doing, you realize that you're probably not even operating in the same world as him. He is one of the guys that should sell on quality. And because he's at Kenny, he can charge a premium for his company services because his quality is literally off the charts. And what his company, him and his company are doing, it's unreal. He's actually begun using auto paint to get even finer finishes, finishes than what he was already doing. Uh, I actually joked recently that he's 
eventually he's just going to start installing mirrors on surfaces and calling it painting. But I digress. If you're not Zach Kenny, and again, you're not, you are far better off offering a quality paint job with an exceptional level of customer service. So just be on time, provide a high, highly detailed proposal that you can deliver on, communicate with your customers after the estimate is accepted, when leading up to the project and during the project to ensure their expectations are being exceeded. Be the most responsive, most professional painter your customers have ever seen in your business will thrive without having to overpromise on the quality of your work. Number eight, invest. So this is one of the keys to our rapid success that might be slightly harder to duplicate. So we found ourselves in a very unique situation when we launched Ellison Painting. Uh, by the time we made the decision to not buy my old company, we had been saving money for about two and a half years for the down payment we needed for the purchase. So having that money available when we launched meant that we were able to do a few things. We were able to budget up to $15,000 per month right off the bat for marketing. So we paid for logo design and branding, uh, vehicle wrapping, our website, Google AdWords, social media marketing, t-shirts, hats, lawn signs, pretty expansive door hanger, direct mail campaign, and so on. Even before we started our first job, we had a fully formed brand. We had a fully formed activated marketing campaign. We were also able to commit to not taking a paycheck from the company until we had fully ramped up and were profitable. And that's something that Tanner had mentioned earlier. Our business checking account grew to almost $300,000 before our accountant finally told us we had to start paying ourselves so we didn't get killed on taxes. So I understand that most people don't have those financial resources to rapidly grow a company like we did. But if you can't afford to invest your money back into the business, you can likely still afford to invest your time back into your business. So what, what might that look like? Well, you can build your own website. There are online platforms that allow you to build your own site in an evening. And Austin basically explained how to do that this morning. You can run your own Facebook ads, read some online tutorials and best practices guidelines, and you can save money by not paying an agency to do that. Eric Fosnock straight up shared how to write an effective ad a couple hours ago. Print out some door hangers and go knock on doors on the weekend to generate leads for estimates. So it, it will take more legwork. It'll take more investment, higher investment of time and less investment on money. But everything I did can be done at a fraction of the price if you're able to invest some of your time. Secret number nine is get out of the field. Now, this is obviously the easiest one for me and might be the hardest one for you. I was never in the field. I can never be in the field. If a job is running behind or a painter calls in sick, there is zero risk of me having to cancel estimates, cancel interviews, or reschedule my day or week because I need to be on site, on site with a brush in hand. Uh, but ultimately, for you to have that type of freedom and growth that you're probably looking for, you do need to be working on your business rather than in it. So how can you, how can you practically do that? First step would be to recruit. So if you're running an employee-based model, that will mean finding and maybe even training painters to replace you in the field. For you to completely step out of painting, you'll likely need five to six painters working for you full-time in order to pay yourself the amount that you'd make simply working on your own. If you're running a subcontractor model, that could mean finding reliable subs, getting them onboarded, having profitable jobs to get them working on. And you're, you'll likely need two to three consistent subcontractor crews in order to make that work. Second way is to hire. So what helped me grow so quickly is that I had someone working full-time as my project manager. So since my wife and now my newer project manager, Ron, handle everything after the sale, it allows me to focus solely on managing our, our marketing strategy 
on selling jobs and recruiting subcontractors. So if you can hire someone to handle either the sales or the project management, your productivity within your role should skyrocket. The third is to spend. So I think the foundation of rapid sustainable growth is sales. Now, maybe I say that because at heart, I'm a sales guy and that's my background. But I spend a lot on marketing because I know the data. I know that if I spend $20,000 on marketing in a month, it'll generate at least $200,000 in new sales. I'm consistently getting a 10X return on my marketing activities. And I know if I have a healthy pipeline of jobs, I can confidently continue to recruit subcontractors with the promise of profitable work. So if you're having a hard time having the, the work available to bring on subcontractors and new painters, I would say focus more highly on sales, sell the jobs, and then you'll figure out a way to get those jobs produced without you being there. And the final non-secret is to admit your weaknesses. And this is something that Zach was hitting on earlier. Most people are, are really good at a couple things. Some people are pretty good at a lot of things and almost no one is really good at all things. So at some point, and probably long before you finally realized it, your limitations have been throttling your business and likely cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. So for me, I'm pretty good at sales. I'm really good at interpersonal communication, meaning I can almost instinctively understand what people need to see and hear from, from me in order to trust me. And I'm, I'm pretty good at marketing strategy. What I'm terrible at is organization. The idea of scheduling, coordinating projects, ordering paint, that stuff gives me anxiety just thinking about it. And while I am good at marketing strategy, I'm terrible at implementing marketing tactics. Now, once you identify your real strengths and weaknesses, you can begin to specialize within your business and solve the deficiencies you've been ignoring. So there's a few ways to do that. First one is to systemize your weaknesses. I, I accomplish this by using tools like drip jobs and open phone to keep my sales and my project management system in order and automated. I use software to organize my calendar, uh, my estimates, my projects, so on. Second is to hire out your weaknesses. So I accomplish this by using vendors like Pathfinder to run my Facebook ads and various other marketing contractors to handle things like building my website, running Google ads, delivering those door hangers. And then of course, I also hired a full-time manager to handle the, the production and management of those jobs. Being able to focus purely on my strengths is absolutely one of the things that allowed Ellison Painting to far exceed the sales goals I set before the launch. So a bit of hard truth, and I've said this before, some people simply aren't designed to be business owners, and that might be you. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't run a successful painting business, but what it does mean is that if you can make yourself aware of your shortcomings, you may want to consider partnering with someone with a complementing skill set so that you can build your company together. So that's all I have on my secrets to success. Uh, we do have, let's see, did I talk too fast? Yes. Talk no, about you did awesome. That was, dude, that was, uh, that yeah. was phenomenal. I'm going to pop back in real quick. Um, I want to facilitate a quick, uh, Q and a, um, Got dude, it. that was, that was phenomenal, man. I think all of us would agree. Just, uh, heartfelt, honest, strong. Uh, did you guys get something out of that? I mean, could you guys give, uh, Brad some emojis? I know that we're, we're uh, Give me some emojis. Dude, I'm 41. I, that's how, I don't need emojis. That's how we're communicating. Words. But honestly, we look at these and like, you know, it helps. So if you guys can share uh, some emojis that just showcase how you felt about that. I mean, that's, you know, the easiest way, dude. Oh, here they, they're pouring in, dude. They're pouring in. That was, that was excellent, man. So Q 
keep the emojis coming. I got a fire truck uh, emoji. So, I mean, that's, that's fire, bro. That's awesome. Um, so let's do a Q and a, um, I'd love for you guys to bring in some questions for Brad. Um, a lot of notes, awesome information, Brad. Thank you. All right. So bring in the Q and a, you guys can raise your hands. I got Kenneth. Did you, if you raised your hand, Oh, never mind. I'm going to put everyone's hand down because some people forget. And if you want to raise your hand and personally ask Brad a question, now's the time. Remember, uh, we still have a ton of people in here, guys. Stick around. We got one more speaker. After that, we're doing a more long-term just Q&A for about an hour. So if you feel as though you want to kind of just ask at the end, um, <laughs> uh, you can certainly do that. So let the questions roll in. We'll give it another minute. Look at that. Jeremy Gerard. What's up, my brother? Um, Brad, phenomenal, man. I, uh, you know, I, I love, I love how humble you are about, and you've been like this since day one about soaking up everyone else's information. And it's like, you know, at the first glance, I'm going to say, man, well, you know, be original, but it's like, dude, everyone wanted to give you their information. Everybody mm -hmm. wanted you to succeed. And I think if you surround yourself with the right peers in this industry, um, maybe just being a part of this, you'll realize that like anyone that you message from what you saw today will give you all that we got. I mean, uh, that's the beauty of collaborating. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I'm just really happy to hear that. So, uh, Brad, we'll see you at the Q and a at the end. Um, I got one, uh, question that came in real quick. So what marketing Avenue provided you with the best results so far? Okay. Uh, one of the things that blew me away in the, in the first eight months, that 1.3 million, almost 50% of it actually came from referrals and word of mouth. Do you believe that a brand new company, amazing. that percentage, it was insane. Um, the, so as far, as far as the greatest return on revenue, the highest revenue paid marketing resource was actually Facebook ads. And as much as I love Eric Fosnacht, I'm not crazy about Facebook ads. Obviously I'd, I'd, I'd like to run other ads uh, or other leads if I had them, but the, the proof is in the pudding. I generated like $200,000 just from Facebook ads alone. As far as highest art dollar for dollar ROI, for us, it was the door hangers, but the door hangers are way harder to coordinate and get out. But I think I spent, um, I think I got about 13 to 14 X ROI from the door hangers. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, the door hangers, and you're still doing those to this day. Yeah, we paused it for a while. Our, our vendor was kind of unreliable. So we had a um, come to Jesus meeting last week and we're going to launch it again um, within nice. the next couple of weeks. Nice. Plan is 180,000 door hangers in 2023. Love that. I got Eric wants to ask a question. Yeah. Uh oh. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah. All right. So I, I got two questions, um, partially for myself. And I feel like uh, when I look at like our clients too, things that, you know, I feel like maybe people would ask. Um, one thing, and you, you touched on this a couple of times in your, in your thing that like you are, you're incredibly humble. And you're incredibly good at recognizing like, where am I great and where am I not? And where do I need help with? Is that just a core level of like inherent self-awareness or is there anything you're going through in terms of like process of identifying like this needs help, this doesn't? Um, so you guys probably wouldn't recognize me 10 years ago. Um, I was anything but humble. I was quite arrogant and um, I really thought I was the best at everything. And I, I can't believe I even had friends back then. Uh, I think it, around 10 years ago, when I kind of had that total mind, mind shift in my thinking, I just realized, like, I just want to be the type of type of guy that I would want to be around and that other people want to be around. And that, that helped me to 
really look at myself and say, you know what, I am pretty good at some things and I'm really not great at these other things that I thought I was good at. But also as, as you get older, I'm like, can you believe it? I'm like the old guy within the painting industry now, 41 years old. I, I also realized that I don't want to do things that I don't want to do. And Zach mentioned that earlier as well. And you, you're naturally going to be better at the things you enjoy doing and you're going to be worse at the things you don't like doing. And so what do I like doing? Well, I like doing estimates. I like driving around and meeting people. I like recruiting subcontractors. And so that's what I'm going to spend my time doing. And all that other stuff that I don't like doing, probably because I'm bad at it, that's, those are the things that I'm going to keep shopping out. Yeah, no, I love that. And I guess like this one goes hand in hand with it. Um, and maybe it, maybe it feels obvious, but like, is there anything you feel like you've uniquely done to create that circle and make a lot of friends in the industry? I think a lot of people would be listening to this and be like, damn, like I'm, I'm jealous. Like I wish I could have a relationship with Jason Paris like that. And a lot of these things, like, is there anything you feel like you've uniquely done to build and solidify those relationships? Uh, well, the first thing I'm not, I'm never afraid to ask. Right. And I think that's what makes maybe the three of us good sales guys is that I'm not afraid to simply ask Jason Paris before I even knew him, Hey, can I come to Minneapolis? And because now I know Jason, so it doesn't shock me now that he would say yes, but it shocked me then. I'm like, wow, this guy. So I guess the first thing is you just got to simply ask. Um, the second thing would be to actually enter into those relationships with humility. If I had entered into a relationship with Nick Slavic and Jason Paris, thinking like, oh yeah, I'm Mr. Big Shot in Detroit. I sell $2 million a year. Though that's not the type of guy that they would be interested in probably sharing their information with, right? And so it's saying, listen, you guys are experts. I think I'm pretty decent at some of this stuff, but you guys are clearly doing it better. So what am I doing it wrong? Doing wrong. And the third thing is after all that is then being willing to give back. So one of the things mm -hmm. that I've enjoyed is I have a conversation a week or so with other painters from around the country that have reached out to me, like I did with Jason and, and Nick saying, Hey, you know, Hey Brad, I, I see what you're doing with Ellison painting. Can I get like 10 minutes of your time? And we have 30 minute conversation and we probe about their business and I offer, you know, a little bit of advice and feedback. Uh, so I think when you, when you take that, when you collect that uh, wisdom and knowledge, those free resources from other people, it's important to then eventually spread that out too. There's no reason to be greedy within our industry. Me helping anyone, even Nick Kelly, who lives 10 minutes from me and services the exact yeah. same customers I do. We have conversations on a weekly basis. I steal his ideas. He steals mine. I think I actually stole some of his pictures of before and after pictures and use them in my marketing. And I didn't steal them, by the way. I said, hey, Nick, do you have any before and after pictures I can use? And he just sent them over to me, right? So uh, don't be greedy. Uh, live open-handedly. That's well, awesome. Eric, I got, a, I got someone else who wants to ask a question, brother. Thank you. Um, I got Shay coming in. Uh, Shay, let me know if uh, you can unmute yourself and you should be able to talk. Let's see, give you another second. There we go. Oh, all right. Long time listener, first time caller. How you guys doing? <laughs> What's up, Shay? <laughs> What's up, Shay? Hey, Brad, question for you on your hangers. Um, did you do that like as, as like a, like a dope 360 thing, like as a job, you completed a job in an area or did you figure out an area that you wanted to go and just send those out to those neighborhoods uh, beforehand? We sent them out to whole neighborhoods. So I identified uh, zip codes that I wanted my vendor to target. And then I met one-on-one -on -one with him and we actually pulled up maps uh, and we pulled up all the, all the data that we have on median household income, median uh, home value and targeted specific 
streets and neighborhoods that we wanted to target with that. So it was more of a blanketing. So our plan, we're going to send out 180,000 this year. It's going to be 60,000 households. So over the course of the year, they're going to get two exterior door hangers. They're going to get one interior door hanger. Awesome. Love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys. I got, uh, right. Thank you, Shay, for the question. I got, uh, Alex Corral coming up next, Brad. Thanks again, my friend. Um, there's going to be some Q and a still, so hang tight guys. Alex will probably go to about one forty-five, uh, you know, and we will do a Q and a for about an hour. So if Bradley's still around, Austin will be here. Scott will be here. I'll be here to answer any questions you guys have. Brad. Thanks, man. Thanks, Tanner. Love you, dude. Yeah. I love you too, man.